You're listening to the Father's House Podcast. We're in Owensboro, Kentucky. Hope you guys enjoy. If you guys want more information, you can go to thefathershouseky.com. Awesome. Welcome to the Father's House. We join uh, our people online too. Welcome you guys to the service. Say a prayer for my lovely wife. She's not feeling too good this morning. I didn't realize how much I like be- her being here. <laughs> I was like, when she's not here, how many of you know, usually you, you realize things, you know, when you don't have them, how much they really mean to you. Amen? And I was like, man, I miss my wife this morning. So if my wife is hopefully tuning in like a good pastor's wife this morning, watching the service, not just scrolling reels on Instagram, in Jesus' name. Uh, but anyways, welcome to the Father's House, our church. It's a healthy home for the region. That's going to take a little bit to get, get used to, isn't it? And the reason why we say that is because we have a lot of people um, who travel in, a lot of people from Ohio County and different areas. We're not just a church for this city, but it's actually a word God has given us that we would be a refreshing center for this region. Amen? Amen and amen. So that's just going to continue to grow. Um, did we talk about freedom in small groups? Sign up. Look at your neighbor say, sign up. Maybe you're like, man, I don't know about this heart work. I don't know if I'm ready to really get vulnerable yet. And Hey, that's totally okay. There's no shame here. We do have some regular uh, community groups that will be going at the same time as well. So you can sign up for a regular small group, and then there's freedom groups. So whatever the Lord leads you to do, amen? But sign up. We need community. We need one another. We need to get in relationships. How many of you know, in order to truly get healthy, and actually, I would dare to say, in order to actually be a New Testament biblical church, you have to do more than this Sunday morning. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to prayer, breaking of bread, and fellowship. That's a New Testament church, amen? So it's so much more than just a devotion to Sunday morning. I I applaud your devotion to Sunday morning gatherings, but let's go deeper. Let's do all the gospel. Let's get in small groups. Let's build relationships. Let's be real with one another. Let's confess our sin one to another and pray for one another that we may be healed, amen? Think about that. When's the last time you've actually confessed sin to somebody? Some of y'all are thinking, never. Or some of y'all are Catholic. You're like, we used to do it all the time. I had some Catholic friends. I was like, Did y'all, what are y'all saying? They're like, I don't know. I just make stuff up when I go. <laughs> I don't actually tell them the real things I'm doing. I just make up things. I stole some bubble gum this week. So, um, hey, I want to thank uh, and honor our cooking team. And just, for one, all of our dream team, period. But last week, Sunday Fun Day, was just a great event. Can we give it up for our cooking team? And does anybody who helped, our volunteers that helped in any capacity, such a good event. Everybody that chipped in and cooked and watched kids and brought chairs, and we just really appreciate you guys. It was, man, it's such beautiful weather. How many of y'all remember we used to do that like in July, and that was just not a good idea? It was just so, so hot. September's a great time. Um, so today, let's see here. Um, this past week, I don't have my watch on. This isn't going to be good. And, or my glasses. 11.29, here we go. You can start a timer if you'd like. Maybe that will help me. Awesome. I see it up there. Are y'all trying to like give me a 
subliminal message here. It's like a start timer. It's just 45 minutes. You're trying to, you know, they're like, maybe if we put this up here, he'll stay in here. Um, so this past week, I was listening to worship music. I was listening to, uh, a, there's a group called MBL. stands for Met by Love. If you haven't listened, man, if you're just wanting some new worship music in your life, so, so good. Get on Spotify, whatever it is you listen to, type in MBL. The guy's name is, I think it's Brennan Joseph. Uh, just these young college people that are just on fire for Jesus. And I was listening to a song uh, on one of their new albums this week, and he was talking, he was going into a prophetic moment, which is, uh, prophetic moment simply means it's something that came to his heart in the moment, something like, uh, kind of like when Nathan Bullen, a minute ago, uh, towards the end of worship transition, you start to see Nathan uh, Bullen start to sing his own song from his heart about going low and the Lord going higher. How many of you know that was just something in the moment, right? And so he starts singing this past week about the restore to me, the, the joy of my salvation, talking about the joy of our salvation. And it just really began to just hit me uh, just how easy it is for me to access joy when I simply just think about the Lord saving me. Um, so we're going to talk about joy this morning. So look at your neighbor and smile real big, ear to ear. Look at the grumpiest person close to you. and just smile real big. Even the grumpy people smile during that. They're like, man, that's me for sure. So um, everyone's looking at me. Um, But anyways, we're gonna talk about joy this morning. Amen? So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness. Um, Lord, I thank you that the Bible says that surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Lord, it's chasing after us. Um, Lord, I just pray that this morning that you would fill me with your spirit afresh and anew. God, I pray that you would use me this morning for your glory and your glory alone. God, I thank you that you would give me the words to say and the right words to say this morning. Jesus, would you come and be glorified in this house. Father, would you give your people ears to hear, eyes to see, and hearts to receive, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said, amen. Can we lift out our hands like this to receive something? Say, God, I receive Anything that's from you and anything else, I don't want it. Amen. That was good, wasn't it? Some of y'all didn't do it. It's okay, and you missed out, so now you're not going to receive anything. Just kidding. <laughs> you have to say that or you don't receive it. That's how it works. Just kidding. Um, oh, some of you are thinking, man, this guy sure does joke a lot. and smile. That's just, it's just who I am. So... I'm going to be myself, and you're free to be yourself. Amen? Amen. Some of you are like, I don't like it. (laughs) That's fine. At the Father's house, you know, we want you to figure out who you really are. We want to know the real you. Amen? The things that you enjoy, the things that you're good at, uh, the things that give you joy. Amen? How many of you know all of us have different things that bring us joy? Right? Like some of you like cats. I'm not going to say any names. Lisa. <laughs> cats do the opposite for me. They bring me rage and anger and pain. <laughs> but for some of you, they bring y'all a lot of joy for some weird reason. Um, hmm. 
So how many of you know, listen, as a Christian people, as a church, as a Bible-believing people, we're supposed to be a people who are marked with joy. We're supposed to be a people who, who carry joy and who give joy away. That the people of God are not the people who are supposed to, who, who have found salvation, who has found the cross, and are still depressed and broken and sad and continually just beat up by the world. We are people who have the opportunity. And I want to tell you this morning, I want to give you a secret this morning that you have direct access to joy in every moment and in every season. We have a reason to rejoice. Amen. And man, if you can get a hold of some of this stuff, if you can get a hold of that joy, we'll get to in a little bit, but joy is actually a choice. It's not just something to have. So anyways, so in the Bible, in the Old Testament, you got a few Hebrew words for joy. Uh, I'm going to try to pronounce them. Uh, how many of you know the Old Testament is written in Hebrew? How many of you knew that? Raise your hand. How many of you just learned that today? Hey, praise God. Thank you for your honesty. Remember, there's no shame in under knowing what you know. Amen? How many of you know you don't have to prove yourself? You don't have to. So there's a few Hebrew words. We have uh, simchah, which means joy or gladness. There's another one that means uh, samah, which means rejoice. And then there's sasun, which means exultation or rejoicing. How many, of you, how many times have you heard the word rejoice since you've been a Christian? <laughs> a ton of times, right? Rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. For example, uh, in the Old Testament, you would see people would rejoice. Um, we see in Proverbs 5.18, if you have that verse. I don't know if you guys received my stuff or not this morning. Um, but here's some, a few reasons to rejoice. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth. Hallelujah. How many of you know that weddings and finding a spouse are, are times of joy? It's a time of dancing, a time of a party. Also, um, just how many of you have been to a wedding reception and it's, it's pretty hype. It's kind of joyous. Some, sometimes that's probably the only joy you've seen out of some people is at the wedding reception. Maybe that's for a few different reasons. Could be the alcohol. <laughs> Hopefully not. But people are excited. How many of you know when you find a wife, the Bible says you find a good thing. It's a reason to rejoice. It's a reason for joy. But I, like my wife, there's so many things. We have so many memories and so many things I can think of. Even just this morning, her absence, just the, the, the missing her this morning. And just, I just had this fresh just joy for how much I love my spouse. But how many of you that, <laughs> that that spouse can also be a thing that <laughs> makes you angry, <laughs> lack of better words? How many of you know that they can, my, my marriage can be a place of, of, of amazing joy, and it can also be a place of amazing pain? Oh, it's just me. Got it. You guys are amazing. It can be a place of conflict. How many of you know there are some days when you have no joy-filled feelings towards your spouse? Zero. And if you don't say that, you're lying. People, oh, we don't ever fight. We don't ever, and you're probably not even, you probably don't ever talk either. <laughs> we don't ever fight. It's because you work all the time and she works all the time. You never see each other. <laughs> but the reality is we have these things in life that bring us joy. Like some of you on a serious note, I'm more of a dog person, but I, sometimes I just see a nice little sweet dog, brings me joy. And then I see a cat and it brings me pain. <laughs> and I hate it, Right? So we all have different things. How many of you are cat people out here? Just leave. Every single one of you. Just kidding. And my wife, 
my kids, they all have turned to the dark side. <laughs> but our wives, marriages can be something for joy. The Bible also says that we can rejoice in our children, amen? I mean, you know, when you, when you figure out, man, you're having a baby, you're at the birth of that baby, you have a reason to dance, you have a reason to shout. You're like, man, how many of you know that when you have healthy kids and just kids in general, do you have a reason for joy? Man, my kids can bring me so much joy. We were, we were walking with, I, was, uh, I took Redding and Mercy and Elena with me to run errands the last couple of days, and they were holding hands, walking through Walmart's parking lot, and they were singing, I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. And in that moment, I was like so, uh, man, I was just so proud of my kids. And I was like, I was so much joy. You know, it's like, man, my kids can bring me so much joy when I see them um, walking with the Lord, when I see my son worship God, when I see my, my kids make right decisions, when I see my, the siblings, my kids, when they, when they share and they choose kindness. Like this morning, Mercy was trying to help Elena because she was uh, kind of upset and, and Elena just held on to her. And Mercy, sometimes she'll be like, get off me. But this morning, she like held on to her and it brought me so much joy. When I see my kids be nice to one another, when I see them use the fruit of the Spirit, we like to celebrate, it brings me joy. But how many of you know there are other times with my kids that don't bring me so much joy? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There are times when, like, the man, just the other night, my kids are, sometimes when Mercy gets sick, she just freaks out. And it'll be like three in the morning, and she won't, she won't want to take medicine. Anybody have that kid? They're just they're scared when they get sick, and they don't want to take medicine. They don't want to do anything. They just, it's just a disruptive evening. And I'm in that moment, and I see it, and, and luckily for us, not luckily, but we are trying to be parents who are not just reactive parents. We're trying to re read books and learn from people who've been great parents. And in these moments when our kids are falling apart, if you went to the parenting workshop and we have our next one go to it, you learn that these, these emotional breakdowns are opportunities for connection. It's not just an opportunity for me to lose my cool. Man, I got, I was listening to a sermon the other day. It said patience, and the real meaning of patience, I think, in the Old Testament was it meant to have a long fuse. I thought, dang, do I have a long fuse? You know what I mean? And so there's these opportunities when I'm seeing my kids do well, and then I'm seeing them act crazy. And then that joy kind of seems fleeting, right? It's like, oh, these kids who were just singing joy in my heart are now making me almost lose my salvation. Because <laughs> you can, just kidding. Or you can. Whatever, here we go. That was just a joke. We'll move on. But your kids can bring you joy, amen? And they can also not bring you so much joy when they're not doing right things, amen? I mean, you know, my kids are always completely loved by me, but it doesn't always mean that I'm pleased with them. There's nothing my kids can do to separate them, but how much I love them as my child. I love telling my son, I love telling my kids as much as I can, I love you because you're mine, Period. Not because of how you act or don't act. But when you don't act right, it does not bring me joy in my life. Right? But also, you see in the Bible, in Isaiah 9, 3, um, a reason why they would rejoice in abundant harvest. How many of you know it is very easy to rejoice when you got a lot of money? It is very easy to rejoice when you have a lot of anything. When you're in a, a, a season of abundance, 
You know what I mean? It's, it's easy to, everything's going well, I don't know about y'all, when the stimulus checks were flowing in, everybody's happy. Like, what's COVID? You know, we got money. And the reality is it's easy to rejoice when you have money. It's easy to rejoice when somebody hands you a $100 bill. It's, it's easy to rejoice when you're on the mountaintop and you have no debt and you're going to vacations a year. And this is what would happen in the Old Testament when the abundance comes or when victory comes in war. It was easy to rejoice in the midst of a victory. How many of those things have another side to them as well? There's a side where we're in a season of Sometimes you get into a season of lack, right? You get into a season of the car breaks down. Uh, the other day, uh, my, my Avalon, the, it, was, it, kept, it keeps dying on me for some reason. I'm not really sure. Probably because it has 270,000 miles. It's probably got some other problems. And I'm driving it. I go put a battery in it. It works fine. Everything's great. Three days later, I go get in, take car to the gym, try it. Boom, it's dead. I'm like, dang it, that was a $200 battery. You know, here I was in this season of like, oh, great, it's working, it's fixed. Two days later, it's broke. Hmm. And what happens is we have this opportunity to start to complain and get mad and just let our joy be ripped from us over some silly little things, you know? Over these tiny, what the Bible, these little foxes. I love what Chris Valentin says, something very convicting. He says, you can tell the size of a man by the size of the problem it takes to mess him up, basically. The size of the problem it takes to get you to lose your patience, you can tell the size of the maturity of a man. And I'm like, dang, that's tough. Well, we're going to mature here at this church, amen? That's why you're signed up for freedom, Amen, because a lot of us probably have a short fuse because we're actually dealing with a lot of rage and anger because we've actually been hurt by some people. So we need to deal with that pain so we can learn how to be patient with others. Amen. How many know when you pray to ask God to give you patience, it's going to look like your kids freaking out for the next 10 days? Like, what the heck? People, I go to the jail and I minister, and some of the guys say, whenever I try to get right with Jesus, whenever I try to get doing right, it seems like everything falls apart. It's because there's testings of our faith. God's trying to say, hey, the only thing that's going to produce the character and the fruit that I want to produce in you is going to come through some trials and some hard things. And, I'm gonna, and, guess, and you're going to have to continue to face them and continue to face them. So how many of you know we can have joy in abundance? We can have joy in victory. This past Sunday night, glory to God, I was able to have so much joy because the Cowboys beat the Giants by 40 points. If you're a Giants fan, I don't even know. But it was a moment of victory. But how many of you know being a Cowboys fan for all of my life, I have few of those. <laughs> I have a whole lot more moments of sadness and pain and just wanting to just everything. Just like, I hate this game. How did it happen? We were up the whole game. I don't want to hear it, Daniel. If you don't have a team, I'm just going to say the Cowboys are taking fans. If you're like, I don't even like it. Come on. This, this is our year. You heard it here first. Okay. Well, it's easy to have joy. Do you hear what I'm saying? Are you with me? There's things in life that give us joy. There's things in your life that give you joy. Amen? Yeah, that are different than other people. Some of you, me and Maddie, we, we, we love really good food. 
We love quality food. We love, quality. We love to be with people that we love. We love to uh, cook for people. We enjoy that. Some of you hate that, and that's totally fine. Also, last but not least, Proverbs 15.23 says uh, we could rejoice in an apt answer. The Bible would say um, to make an apt answer is a joy to a man and a word in season. How good is it? How many of you know when you're seeking God for an answer and you get that answer quickly, it's a time to rejoice? And you're like, man, I needed to hear that. I needed that door to open, and it opened today. I needed that thing to break open, and it broke open. But how many of you know there's other times where it seems like nothing is happening? And nothing, you're not getting any clarity, you're not getting any direction, you're not getting anything at all, and you're stuck. And you're not getting anything from God, you're stuck in a place, I don't know what to do, I don't know where to go, and then sometimes it comes through quickly. Are you with me this morning? Here's the good news. The good news is that we have direct access to joy, ultimately, because the people of God, our joy is in the Lord. Our joy is in Yahweh. Our joy is in Christ and Christ alone. And there's something about that foundational peace. We talked about foundational beliefs last night. The foundational belief simply that you've been born again gives you direct access to joy in every season. We always have a reason to dance. We always have a reason to shout. We always have a reason to tap into joy. Amen? Psalms. Oh, here we go. Oh, man, I don't have the, the scripture up here, but I'm just going to read it. So our joy results from knowing Christ, amen? So you can have, in all these moments, when, when I'm stuck and I'm having a bad day and everything's going wrong and the, the car dies, guess what? I don't have to be robbed of joy. The, the key to joy, if you will, is something called Gratitude. When you can still look at your kids when they're acting crazy and stop and say, God, I thank you for my children. God, I thank you for this wife. I thank you for this prayer. I thank you for my job, Lord. I thank you that it's providing for my family. Even though it's a tough day today, Lord, I thank you for it. Gratitude will unlock joy. One of my favorite scriptures, let me see here. Ooh, let me read this one first. It says, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. We have access to a joy that's inexpressible and filled with glory simply because of what he's done for us. This is the key. This is the foundational root that can carry you. Listen to me, church. Just knowing what he's done for you will carry you through all of life's troubles and tribulations. Because no matter what, because what, this is the opposite of what happens. You have a bad week, you have a bad day, and you refuse to even thank God for what he's done for you. And then guess what happens? You stay depressed. You stay conflicted. You stay having a bad week. You come to church and you're like, I don't even feel like it today. We got to get past that elementary immaturity of I don't feel like giving God praise. Because actually that's the thing that's going to activate joy. When I can get in his presence and just say, God, man, you're so worthy. I thank you. There's a song that came out of my upper room. It's called You Save Me. And I love singing it because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how my kids act. It doesn't matter what my bank account looks like. It doesn't matter what my car looks like. It doesn't matter if everything goes to hell in a handbasket. Nothing can take away my salvation. Nothing can take away the worth of the cross that Jesus died for me. Nothing. And again, church, I'm here to tell you this morning, this gets me excited because we got to start acting like it's a big deal. 
Instead of saying, no, all these things are a big deal. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what's happened to me. And instead of saying, after all I've been through, I can sit here and rest in the joy that what he's done for me. I can, I can always be excited. I can always, and I'm not saying you have a time to you know, sit there and do cartwheels at somebody's funeral. The Bible would say, uh, sorrow may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. There was a cry of anguish and a song of praise that David went through that he's not saying we're not going to have times where we're having hardships and, and hard things are happening. He's just saying, I always have a reason to shout. I always have a reason to praise. Because the devil wants you to get so stuck on all these things are so big in my life. And they're still in my joy. The devil comes to steal kill and destroy and I believe the main thing he wants to steal is your joy he wants to kill your faith and he wants to destroy your life but first he wants to steal your joy he wants to get you in a place of sorrow and depression where you have no gratitude and life is just happening to you instead of standing in the middle of a storm turning on the worship music and singing out God you save me you save me and I'll never leave you alone there's something that shifts in you. Man, you know how much the devil hates to see the people of God going through hardships and they still refuse to not curse God. They still refuse. They still come to church. You still show up. You still open the Bible. You still serve at church. You got to get past this idea of everything in my life is so hard and so tough that I can't rejoice in my salvation alone. We have an inexpressible access to joy in every single season. I remember when I had COVID the first time, or whatever the heck this thing is. I remember it rocked my world. I mean, I got absolutely wrecked, you know? But guess what we did? Nothing, we would continue to live our lives the way they are and I would never change it ever again. And we won't, no matter what may come. I'll plug that for just a season. Oh man, we need, we need wisdom in this season of life more than anything. And if you, and I'm just going to say this and move on, but if you are still struggling with a lot of inner turmoil and you need a lot of freedom and you got a lot of junk and stuff in your heart and oppression from the demonic, your discernment for what's going on in the earth is going to be screwed up. What am I trying to say? Don't believe everything you're going to hear on the news in the next 12 months. That's what I'm trying to say. We need to, we need to have wisdom. We need to understand what God's saying instead of just being uh, people who react to the world around us. We're actually people who can stand in every situation and we can still give God praise. We can still have joy. I remember I had COVID. I'm sitting in my, or sitting in my, or what's I'm in my kitchen and there was a song by the Helsers called Just One Drop. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I feel like garbage, feel like dead. I'm trying to get a hold of a doctor to get some hydroxychloroquine. Come on, somebody. And I'm sitting there, and I remember just feeling it's so terrible. Everything is hurting. And I'm listening to this worship song, just one drop, and everything has changed. And I'm just undone by the Lord. <laughs> and I'm sure the devil just hates that. You know what? He's like, no, Mike, go lay down and die somewhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? Go escape. Go play a video game. Go, go, to, go to something else. Some of you need to hear that. We need to stop escaping to things that just feed our flesh and not our spirit. And then we're wondering why the appetite for the spirit is so weak. It's because we only feed our flesh. 
How many of you know that when you eat a whole ton of sugar and drink a whole ton of caffeine, your body has an appetite for it? And it's hard to get back, it's hard to get off of it. How many of you have been on a sugar fast or caffeine fast? It's rough for a few days. It's the same thing. We gotta stop escaping to things that only feed our flesh that actually won't give us joy. It's just temporary. But we need something eternal. We need something internal in our hearts, amen? So joy, uh uh-oh. So our joy results from knowing Christ, amen? Psalms 40, 16, it says, but may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, great is the Lord. Think about this. I just really want to, I just want to ask a serious, just a real question this morning. How many of you, you don't have to raise your hand, but you love your salvation? Come on, man. It's not just, we did, I know you do, Latricia. But how many of us love our salvation? We got to be a church that loves our salvation, that we are so overwhelmed by what he's done for me on the cross instead of just, does, does this make sense to you? Your salvation has to be a big enough deal to you because it will pull you out of every ditch in your life. It will pull you out of every hiccup in your life, every bit of depression that tries to come. Simply the love of you being saved will pull you out of that place. It's so, so good. So we have access to that in every season when everything might be falling apart. So biblical joy is not based on our possessions or our circumstances. Amen? It's not, when the Bible talks about joy, think about this. Paul would say, rejoice in the Lord always. I say again, rejoice. Like, hold on a second. What? Rejoice in the Lord always. I say again, rejoice. He's telling you that joy and rejoicing is a choice. Did you notice one of our declarations? It says we choose joy in every season you see that? Did you notice that part? I choose joy in every season because it's a choice to me because I'm stuck with my life's going really hard right now. Here's 10 things that are bad, but I got one thing that's really, really good, and it outweighs the pressure of all those other things, and it's called the joy of our salvation. So joy is an inward peace, a sufficiency it's literally not being affected. This is good news, guys. As the church, we, we have the opportunity not to be affected by all of our circumstances all the time. That it's just, we're tossed in the wind constantly of things not going our way instead of anchoring ourselves to our salvation and the mercy of God and keeping our joy. Amen? So, if you're hurting and you have pain and a lot of trauma in your life, whatever we all do, sign up for freedom. Get rid of this stuff that's stealing your joy. And I pray the Lord, and I believe he's gonna restore the joy of our salvation to our church and to your life. Where it'll be the biggest deal, it'll be the biggest thing you'll be anchored to. Amen? How many of you know that some of us have like one or two or maybe a 10 traumatic things that are just, that happen to us in our life and those things steal our joy all the time? because they come back into your mind at a time and then you start getting depressed again. They come back into your mind, start getting depressed again. This is why freedom is so, so important that we let God come in and do healing, hard work of our hearts. Does this make sense? The cross was a big deal, guys. The 
the beating of our Lord. And I'm not trying to just make this dramatic, but it's just, it is dramatic. You know, what he's done for us on the cross is a bigger deal. And we always have a reason to say, God, thank you for what you've done for me. I have joy today. Everything's crap. I'm sick, falling apart, car battery's dead, blah, 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 blah. But I thank you that you saved me. Nothing can take that away from me. Nothing. My kids can come home and say, Dad, I hate you. And I'd say, well, that sucks because Jesus loves me. And not only does he love me, he loved me at my worst place. He loved me when no, I was unlovable and completely out of, the, just out of everything. So Paul would talk about there was joy in suffering. What an encouraging message. He would say things like this, in, or excuse me, James would write, he would say, consider it pure joy. Did you notice he said, it's kind of funny how he words that, consider it joy. It's almost as if he's saying, you're not going to feel joy <laughs> when you're going through trials and tribulations, but you can consider it joy because what it's going to produce in you is going to help you ultimately. You can consider this season of heartache joy because it's giving me, a, when I turn the car on and, it, and I just spent $200 and it doesn't turn, I have an opportunity for what? To grow, have patience, not, you know, not complain. You know, there's opportunity here. I can consider it joy because now I have an opportunity. How many of you know if you got small kids, you got a thousand opportunities to be patient and to grow in your faith? I have a hundred million. If you're going to do relationships with anyone, you're going to have opportunities to grow. But the Bible would say, consider it joy when you face trials and tribulations. I mean, I think if anybody could, if anybody had a reason to complain, it would be Jesus or Paul. Could you, did you, did you imagine what Jesus went through? He was actually innocent. How do you know as fathers, as husbands, we are not always innocent by any means. Sometimes we are the culprit of what, of the reactions we're getting. Sometimes they're from us. But how many of you know Jesus never did any of those things? And if anybody had the right to complain about their life and what was happening to him, it was definitely the Lord. If anybody had a right to complain about what was happening to him, it would definitely be the Apostle Paul. But you see no complaining. You see Paul actually writing from prison and telling people, hey, don't complain or grumble. Imagine how much authority you have to tell somebody not to complain when you're in jail not complaining. You know what I mean? And he's saying, hey, don't complain. Why is he saying that? Because he'll steal your joy. And you won't be able to take hardships in life and God will use them for your good. You'll just let hardships happen to you and they'll steal your fruit. Does this make sense? Paul would say in 2 Corinthians 6, oh, Lord, help me. I got an alarm going up out here. Maybe it's the Lord. Hello? I'm just kidding. 2 Corinthians 6.10, Paul would write, check this out, this is kind of crazy. As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as having nothing, yet possessing everything. Whoa. Can we read that again? Go back. As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. As poor, yet making many rich. As having nothing, yet possessing everything. you got to understand something. It doesn't matter how much material things you have. If you simply have salvation, you have everything. You have everything. We, we, we know these Bible verses. It's like we don't believe them. We say things like, our God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. And he does. And, and there's this opportunity when he's saying, hey, we can have sorrow and also be rejoicing. 
Remember that old song in the 90s? I'm trading my sorrows. Anybody? Um, pain. Come on, Domin. I know you're a singer. No? Okay, thank you. I'm trading my sickness. You know what I mean? There's this opportunity. He's saying, hey, you're going to have some problems, but you also can have some joy. You're going to have some things happen to you, but it doesn't mean it has to steal your joy. 2 Corinthians 7, 4, it says, in all our affliction, I am overflowing with joy. What a weirdo, right? What's he talking about? He's saying, I'm not a person who's moved by what happens to me. There's something else that has happened to me, and it's the only thing I will let move me. It's the blood. This is, man, this is something that can get you out of every rut that you're in. He's saying, man, I've been afflicted, but it's not going to steal my joy. Come on, look at your neighbor say, I'm not going to let the enemy steal my joy anymore. Amen? I love that scripture. In all our affliction, I'm overflowing with joy. This is so convicting for me. You know, one of the things I'm really trying my best to do as a parent when my joy is trying to be sucked out of me, I'm trying just to be quiet. It's one of the best things we can do when everything's just happening to you, just be quiet. Because nine times out of ten, probably what's going to come out of your mouth is not useful. Amen? Philippians 2, 1 through 18, or I'm going to go through verse 14, excuse me. It says, do all things without grumbling or disputing or complaining. That's pretty tough, isn't it? I love what um, Jamie Winship said. He he said he told his kids two things. He said, listen, there was only a, a few things that God would kill people in the Old Testament for. One of them was complaining. What a great parenting move. Hey, three year olds. God will actually kill people in the Old Testament for doing what you're doing. <laughs> it was lying and complaining. I was like, wow, that's pretty serious. But how many times, let's just be honest, we find ourselves complaining about things that are just so silly. You're at Walmart getting the old change, and it takes two and a half hours. Something just really, really silly. They don't get your food right, Lord forbid, at McDonald's. There's your first problem. I forgot somebody before was talking about how they had a big problem at McDonald's in the line. I said, well, your first problem was going to McDonald's. You know, don't go there. Mm. <laughs> so you see this with the Israelites. I mean, know the story. I don't have my watch. What, what actual time is it? Anybody know? 12.05, glory to God. You see this with the Israelites, and they come out of, the, of slavery. I'll end with this. God takes the Israelites, he calls Moses to go get his people to set them free from what? From physical captivity. What happens? They take them through the, the sea, he splits the sea, and as soon as they get through the sea, they land on the other side. Guess where they land on the other side? The desert. The wilderness. But you know what, you know what happens when, as soon as they land on the other side? What do they do? They rejoice. But here's what's crazy. Did you notice that it doesn't take very long after that moment of God saving them from something, then they start complaining. How many of us, when we get born again, it is a day of rejoicing, 
I remember when I was in jail, I got saved, uh, and then I got to go to a church service. And I went to the church service, and they had people come down front to receive Christ. And I went down front just for prayer, and I told the guy, I said, hey, I don't need to be saved. I already got saved. And man, God saved me. He's turned my life around. I'm excited. He looked at me, and he just simply said, rejoice. And I mean, I remember that, because I was just like, yes, I will. I shall. I will forever. Rejoice. I have something to be excited about. But what happened, how much more should we celebrate than the Israelites when they were just saved from physical death and now we're saved from sin and spiritual death? Like how much more should we celebrate the Lord and the joy of our salvation is something we could be anchored in. But what happens, just like the Israelites, things in life don't go our way. They were like, well, how are we gonna drink? We don't have enough water. We don't have enough food. This is terrible. Wasn't there enough graves? We start to do what? We start to complain. Instead of being anchored, oh, no, I trust God. I know he's saved us. I'm going to stay in this place, and I know he's going to work this for my good, and I can have joy in what's coming. How many know we can have joy, not just in the Lord, but we can have joy in what's coming for the people of God? No matter what comes on the earth, we can have joy and anticipation that we know that our God will return, we will meet him in the air, and there will be no more tears, there will be no more disappointments, there will be nothing else. We can tap into that joy right now. How do we know? Because the Bible says in Hebrews, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. That means that Jesus could literally get into the joy of what was coming after the cross. If you can see your life and see into the, what's going to come out of some situations, you can actually go ahead and have some joy for those things. Amen? You start to see, okay, this is an opportunity for me to grow. I can consider this joy. Does this make sense? Awesome. Praise the Lord. Uh, let's see here. Maybe one more thing. So joy is a choice. Hmm. Hmm. And joy gives us strength. How many of you have heard that scripture? It says the joy of the Lord is our strength. So there's something about if we're feeling weak and broken, we can access this joy that will actually give you strength. So we can make a decision, I believe, today, church, if we could stand. I'll close here. I know you guys are hungry. Me Ranchito brings me joy every time. I have yet to have a time where it has not brought me joy to this day. <laughs> Amen. I was going to name another place in town that doesn't bring me joy, but I thought maybe that's not a good idea. Some of the people that work there might be here today or watching. Can we just declare this morning or just make a decision that we're not going to just be a people who are just completely... Um, dependent on what happens to us for our joy. But we're actually going to be a testimony to the world around us that we have unshakable faith, that we have an inexpressible joy, an unshakable joy. And some of you, you've had a really hard week. You've had a really tough season. I'm not here to shame you and say you should still have joy. I'm here to tell you that there is access to joy this week. Not here to, don't hear what the enemy's trying to say this morning of you haven't done the right thing. No, no, no. God's just here to say today, I have some joy for you if you want it. And you can reach out and we can take it in every situation, no matter what's happening to us. We have access to joy. Amen.
Amen. Could our prayer team come quickly? Can we close our eyes in this place? Thank you, Lord. Come on, somebody. Let's just close our eyes and just be with the Lord. Holy Spirit, would you just speak? God, I pray that you would just restore the joy of our salvation to every person in this room. And for those who are not saved right now, Lord, I pray by your spirit, Lord, you would draw them in this moment to surrender their lives completely and fully to you, God. Mm. God, I thank you that as your people, we always have a reason to rejoice. Hmm. Just like that song we sang earlier, it's not just a cool song, but it says there's joy in chaos. We can be anchored to joy in the midst of every storm, oh God, simply because of what you've done for us. Thank you, Lord. Hmm. Hmm. God, we just declared that there's breaking out of seasons right now of despair and breaking in to joy this morning in the name of Jesus. Breaking out of demonic oppression of what has happened to us and has somehow belittled what you've done for us, God. And we just declare this morning, what you've done is bigger and greater than anything that could happen to us. Help us be a people of not complaining and grumbling. Lord, help us to be a people of gratitude for what we do have. And if we, everything is falling apart, Lord, if we have you, let it be enough if all we have is you. Man, I just feel this in my heart this morning. If you need anything other than Jesus alone, you're going to have a hard time with joy. Can we just declare that? Say, Jesus, you're enough. Come on, church. He's more than enough. You Say it again. Jesus, you're enough. You're enough. I just want to give a moment this morning, too. If you're in this place and you need salvation, you're like, hey, I need to give my life to Jesus. I'm not even saved. I'm not born again. If that's you and you need to give your heart to Jesus, would you just lift your hand right where you are right now? I need salvation. I need to repent of my sin. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. I believe he rose from the grave. If that's you, can you lift your hand? I see one hand. Anybody else? I need to give my life to Jesus this morning. Anybody at all? I'll just give you just a moment. Hallelujah. I see some more in the back. Oh, hallelujah. Anyone else? If you had your hand raised, I want you to keep your hand raised, and we're just you're gonna say a prayer with me out loud right now. Anybody else? There's a couple, I seek two more. If you need to give your heart to Jesus, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died for my sins, you rose from the grave, and you're coming back again. I give you my life, I surrender. Forgive me. And from this day forward, I'll never be the same. In Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said, amen, amen. Can we give it up for the three people who came into the kingdom this morning? Come on. 
There's actually a beautiful scripture in the Bible that says when one person gets born again, all of heaven rejoices. So there's a, in heaven right now, that's literally erupting with joy in this moment. It's pretty incredible. All of heaven rejoicing, rejoicing, rejoicing. We rejoice with you. If you did raise your hand, please, before you leave today, come down front. We'd like to pray with you give you a new believer's book or make your way to the welcome desk. As soon as you leave, go out in the foyer. There's a desk there and just ask them for a new believer's book um, and the connection card. We want to follow up with you. want to walk with you. We love you so, so much. If you need prayer for anything else in your life, our prayer team is available today. If you have sickness in your body, you're just needing to be encouraged. You're having a hard week, whatever it may be. Do, excuse me. Do me a favor. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, do you need prayer for anything? Say, I'll go with you awesome. Let me pray for you, Father. I bless your people, bless their homes, bless their kids, bless their business, Lord. Protect them in Jesus' mighty name. You guys have an awesome week. Can we put up our hands for Jesus as well? Have an awesome week. Love you guys. Sign up for groups.